This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Faye Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. What is going on? I'm Rob Faye. Welcome to your Friday edition of Sports Bar Radio. It is the 22nd day of October, and I hope this particular podcast finds you well. It is raining where I am. It is gray skies. I'm expecting this till probably about the middle of April here in the Pacific Northwest, but uh, in any event, let me try to bring you a little sunshine over the next half hour. Let's get into a bunch of stuff. It is a big scene setter for the entire weekend. College football now just hours away. The NFL is going to go on Sunday with their week eight. And uh, yeah, the NHL's got some pretty big storylines heading into the weekend. I had this conversation this morning with somebody. They said, who is the most underrated player that is currently playing right now in the NHL? And immediately start thinking of the young guys that maybe been in for two or three years. And then the name Andre Kopitar came up. We'll talk about Andre and his time with the Los Angeles Kings, where he has been the team's leading scorer in 12 seasons. Bonafide Hall of Famer. More than a thousand points, and uh, I'm going to pose that question to you. You can't use Kopitar as a name, but who is a player in some sport that you think, man, this guy is so overlooked? I'm also going to talk a little bit about Wayne Gretzky and his time with TNT. He is winning over an entirely new fan base of young NHL fans. The question is, do they know who Wayne Gretzky is and how good he was? We'll get into that. We're going to get into the wide world of sports before everything's said and done. We're even going to talk a little mental health. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to get to. So let me get you to that one story. That one story that rises above all the rest. Let me get you to the lead. We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest. Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today. So one of the things that I've come to appreciate is over the last couple of years, mental health within the world of sports is being taken much more serious. There is an acceptance to it that I don't think generations prior ever came close to acknowledging. I remember even when I was a kid, it was just a suck it up mentality and I know that from my friends that went on to play professional sports that there was so much pressure to be there on the field or be there on the pitch to make sure that you were available every day in every way, whether it was popping Advils or taking some form of painkiller, something that would keep you on the field. Now, that is before you get into the pressures that are there with money and coaches and fans and now social media. I can't imagine the pressures that have come over the last 15 years, now that social media is so prominent. But that was a question that I actually thought as I was researching this, is how much more pressure is there on a professional athlete mentally now that social media is a part of the conversation? I think it's a fair point because in the old days, in the old days, there was a simple you know, hierarchy. You, the journalists, the fans, and the coaches. And really, it was that simple. But I think of the immediacy that social media brings to the table and how that can be taxing on certain players because I know that the world's going faster, but there's still 24 hours in a day. There's still a standard eight hours in a workday, and yet the only thing that has dramatically changed so that we can see this evolution is A, social media, and then B, 
teams accepting the fact that there is a mental aspect to their game. You can't ask a player to sleep for a certain amount of hours to get the optimal physical benefits from him and then not acknowledge the other side of that coin, which is that there could be a mental capacity that has been breached and they need to simply step away. So what do you do if you're an athlete in 2021? I mean, it's easy for me to sit here in my chair broadcasting to you and tell you what I think, but the reality is, is what would you think if, let's take baseball as an example here. Baseball players play 162 games in just over 180 days. It is an unbelievable gauntlet of day after day, repetition after repetition of a game that is pretty much about failure. I mean, yes, they say the old adage, if you get three hits out of every 10 at bats, you're going to find yourself into the Hall of Fame. But in a sport that is built on failure and moderate successes for those who can hit 250, 260 and above, there is a lot of pressure there. Then you add in social media, the immediacy of today's impacts from social media. I would wonder if it wouldn't make sense if every player got a care day once a week. And I know, for example, pitching, that's probably easy to do because in a rotation, you're only pitching once every five days. But to a guy like, think of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who played almost every single game this year. Bo Bichette played almost every single game this year. They had a great campaign, but there was never any off days built into it beyond the ones that were put there by Major League Baseball at the beginning of the season. No chances to recalibrate or step away. And some people will say, well, they're young. You know, we got to wait till you're a little bit older. This is where you set the habit now. Let these young players know that your team supports your mental health, your league supports your mental health, and just make it the norm. And I know what you're saying, well, Rob, we need these guys in the lineup, or Rob, you know, you can't soften these players up that much. But what I'm saying to you is in this day and age, for example, this week, former Dallas Cowboys offensive lineman Brandon Knight steps away from football to focus on his mental health. Ben Simmons goes to the Philadelphia 76ers, says, I came back too soon. I'm not mentally ready to come back to this game yet. Now, say what you want about Ben Simmons, but it's tough to argue when a player steps forward and says they're just not ready. Simone Biles at the Olympics, Naomi Osaka in tennis. I mean, realistically, pick your sport right now, and people are starting to understand that their mental health trumps what they do. I look back at the previous generations. What would have happened if we were this accepting 20, 30, 40 years ago? Now, I'm never going to put blame at anybody's doorstep, but let's look back at some of the players that, for example, took their own lives. Some of those players that were really challenged and felt that they didn't have an out or that they couldn't go to their coach or that there was nobody there that could support them. It's okay to look at a sport, even in this day and age, with the new pressures that face them. That, of course, being social media for one, the money for another, and simply say, we need to find ways now on a weekly basis to make sure that our players can step away and recalibrate or step away and know that they have the support or the peace of mind to not have to worry about that stuff. The game is bigger, the game is faster, and the game expects more from you than ever before. And it's almost like organizations and leagues now have open playbooks on each other's teams. I mean, analytic is pretty self-explanatory. But what analytic doesn't always get into, I don't know if there's a classification in it in any of the major sports, is how are they? As in, how are they at home? How are they when they're by themselves? How is that mental game? That's where analytic has a blind spot right now. You can talk about how players hit on days after a day off. You can talk about how they hit on Tuesday 
Tuesday of the rain, Tuesday of the state of Pennsylvania. You can get into all that detail. But there is no analytic for nature. And so long as we continue to work around that problem, there's always going to be players that eventually have a breaking point and on their own accord will step away. I think it would be great if there was a league out there that specifically mandated days off for player wellness. Now, an organization, for example, in the NHL will give maintenance days, and that is maybe perhaps masked for those who might be having a tough day mentally. But what if it was mandated? What if it was shown to the world that this league specifically, insert league name here, specifically said, we ask this from our players, that includes practice, that includes training, that includes media availabilities, that includes every single thing that we ask them, but on this day, they are clear to get away. There's no contact. There's no communication. If they want to take advantage of our staff that's here for them, great. But if they want to go away and just be a human, we support them on this specific day. In minor league baseball now, every Monday is a travel day. Every specific Monday is a day where they're either on a bus going to the next city or they're simply getting a day to just be a dude. That's a good start. But there is not a tag with it. And I think that's what I'm going for. Is I want a league to step to the forefront and say, you know what? We take this so serious that we are going to put this into our mandate. That in addition to bringing you world-class athletes, and we're going to pay them out the yin-yang, we take their mental health seriously to the point that we are infusing it right into our scheduling. I think we're getting close. And I often think to myself what previous generations who had to deal with concussions and who had to deal with their own world uh, would have felt had they been in this world where finally it's starting to be accepted. But I will also say that those generations didn't feel nearly the pressure that today's athletes feel so long as they have an iPhone or an Android where they can simply look online and see the pages and pages and mountains of instant feedback and when they're having a tough stretch, it is probably not the best feedback to read. Some people say, well, I'll just look away or I don't read it. Everybody reads it. You can't get away from it anymore. It is there. It is insatiable. And it is a challenge for many athletes. Some can handle it. And some need a little reprieve. And I'm looking forward to the day where sports mandate it within their scheduling that as much as they ask from their athletes and their teams, that they can balance that with a life that will help keep them mentally strong. All right, let's look into the rest of the world of sports, shall we? we got a lot of stuff. I mean, we're getting ready for the weekend. This is Friday, which means we got college football tomorrow. we got the big boys going on Sunday. We've got a CFL game tonight. we got a whole bunch of stuff to get you. So let me get you into that one room where we house it all. Let me get you into the VIP room. You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time. So get to the point. Ten topics, ten minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl for his next set. Welcome to the VIP room. All right, got to start with Major League Baseball Game 6 of the American League Championship Series. Going later tonight, it is an opportunity for the Houston Astros to punch their ticket to the World Series. Boo hiss, getting ready to take on the Boston Red Sox. 
They are the favorites are the Astros because this game's going to be played at Minute Maid Park. It'll be Luis Garcia getting the nod for Game 6. Had a real rough outing in Game 2. Two hits, five earned runs in just an inning of work. Uh, he also struggled in his last start of the American League Divisional Series as well. Gave up five hits, five earned runs in just over two innings against the White Sox. Garcia in the regular season was pretty good. Had an ERA of 3.48 and an 11-8 record over 30 games. But he is opposite Nathan Eovaldi. In a must-win Game 6 for the Red Sox, uh, he started Game 2 of the series. He allowed five hits, three earned runs over five at a third. He also, if you remember, came in as emergency relief for the ninth inning of Game 4. He got rocked, four earned runs. So you've got two pitchers right now that are trying to find their traction in the biggest game of the year for both of these teams. Boston needs to win this to stay alive and force a Game 7. Houston looking for the knockout punch so they can get ready to take on the Braves or the Dodgers. And I think what this one will come down to is Boston's offense. In both of their wins, they got out to early leads thanks to grand slams early, like is in the first two innings. Red Sox don't need the big one, but they do need to show up and put a little bit of a pressure pinch on the Astros. After all, you can't win many games when you score just two runs. Houston's pitching has been good over the last couple of days, which has allowed just three runs in eight hits over their last two games. Their offense has been good, but if they can even get decent pitching, they are off to the World Series. Houston, by the way, is 4-1 and one in their last five home games. Tomorrow at Truist Park in Atlanta, it'll be Ian Anderson going for the Braves 10-5 with a 3.50 ERA opposite Max Serger 15-5 and, and trying to keep the Dodgers alive and also looking to force a Game 7. All right, let's get to the gridiron. I want to start with a little college football. We've had some great response from you online uh, when it comes to us even acknowledging NCAA college football. And I was like, dude, I would do this 100 times out of 100 if you give me the opportunity. So let's get at it. The big game this week is going to be Michigan and Northwestern. Uh, I got to think Michigan's going to win this one and win it big. You think about it, after pulling out that close one against Nebraska a couple of weeks back, Michigan, who is 6-0 straight up this year, Going to look to continue their undefeated ways against Northwestern, who is 3-3. Three three. They have struggled after looking so good last season. Vegas has Michigan as 21.5-point favorites. That seems a little heavy to me. But Northwestern has had a real tough time covering this year. Guys in Vegas love them. And Michigan has been fantastic at home. And you got to think it's going to be another blowout on the horizon. Washington Huskies, 2-4 and four this season, getting ready to take on the winless Arizona Wildcats. This one down in the desert. Washington's going to win this one. Over-under in this game is 45.5, and, and a lot of people thinking that this is just going to open up. Two teams are going to air it out. Should be the Huskies in a romp in this one, considering, again, Arizona has been brutal all season long. In college football rankings right now, in the Associated Press, Georgia has all 63 first-place votes. Last week, they were number one. 7-0 Bulldogs remain number one heading into the weekend. Cincinnati at number two, Oklahoma at number three, and Alabama, despite that 6-1 and one record, the only team with a defeat that is in the top four. Nipping at their heels, Ohio State at 5-1, and one. Michigan, as mentioned, a perfect 6-0, and oh. Penn State at 5-1, and one. and Oklahoma State is a perfect 6-0. and oh. Oregon, by the way, is ranked number 10. They are 5-1 and one going into their game this week. Other teams geographically of note, San Diego State, a perfect 6-0. They come in ranked number 22.
All right, let's go to the big boys on Sunday. The Washington football team's most offensively potent player looks like he's going to be questionable for Sunday's road tilt when they take on the Packers. Antonio Gibson still battling his shin. He is listed as questionable for the fourth straight week. Couple of updates when it comes to injury slash COVID-19. Bucks are going to be without Antonio Brown. He will not play Sunday against the Bears. Rob Gronkowski with his ribs, Richard Sherman with the hamstring, and Levante David with the ankle also out for Week 7 as per Bruce Arians. Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill and offensive lineman Joe Thundy returning to practice on Friday. Andy Reid does expect Tyreek Hill to be back in the lineup when they take on the Titans. Speaking of the Titans, wide receiver Julio Jones telling reporters today that he felt great. He's been dealing with a hamstring. He was knocked out of last Monday night's game because of that hammy and has been limited all week in practice. A.J. Brown had food poisoning, but he'll be fine for Sunday's matchup against the Chiefs. And Los Angeles Rams running back Sony Michelle will be available to Sean McVay when they take on the Lions this coming Sunday. And a little closer to home, Seattle Seahawks 2-4 and four, getting ready to play their second game in a row without Russell Wilson trying to break that two-game skid. They're going to do it with Geno Smith under center. Rare that we see this, but yes, the Seahawks are underdogs at home as they get ready to host the New Orleans Saints. Saints are 3-3, three and three, Week 7 Monday Night Football matchup. The Seahawks have closed as home dogs just twice since 2018, and they lost both of those games. Four-pack of games in the association tonight. Philadelphia 76ers is going to be taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Philly won their opener. The Nets lost their opener. This game going down in Philadelphia. Kevin Durant scoring 32 and 11. James Harden had 20 with 8 rebounds and 8 assists against Milwaukee last Tuesday night. And yet they still lost by 23 points on the road. The bench didn't do the Nets any favors. They were a combined 0 for 9 from the floor in that loss to the defending champ. 76ers obviously dealing with the Ben Simmons saga right now. It was reported this morning that the disgruntled point guard says, as mentioned, he is not mentally ready to play. Philadelphia with a really tough decision on what they're going to do with Ben Simmons. Front office feels he's just too talented to trade away, at least without getting a great return. But the longer he stays on this roster without contributing, it will be a distraction and probably will hurt his trade value in the long run. Other games tonight, Charlotte at Cleveland, Indiana at Washington, and Orlando hosting the New York Knicks. Uh, really quickly, want to backpedal, touch on the Canadian Football League game tonight. Toronto and Montreal, both these teams coming in on three-game winning streaks. Last time these two teams played, September the 24th, Toronto getting past Montreal 30-27. to But Montreal absolutely owned them 560 yards, 373 of those through the air, and yet Montreal fell by three. So little shot at redemption tonight at Molson Memorial Stadium. Okay, and really quickly wanted to touch on this. I don't know if you've seen it, and some of us that don't have the right cable packages probably haven't as yet, unless you've gone on YouTube or somewhere on social media to find it. Wayne Gretzky doing the NHL on TNT. And right now they're doing this whole thing with Wayne Gretzky uh, integrating himself with the TNT basketball crew with Shaq and Ernie Johnson and uh, you know Charles Barkley, who's actually a really good friend to Wayne Gretzky. But it's funny to watch Wayne in this kind of a spotlight because so humble, so gracious over all these years. And now to see him where they're kind of showing out his personality a little bit. I mean, they have him on a panel with Paul Bissonette. Biz nasty, and it's actually worked really well because uh, Wayne's got a little bit of dry humor to him. He's really easygoing, and again, if Wayne Gretzky's giving insight into a hockey game, 
nobody's arguing with the great one. I mean, he is the greatest player in the history of the game, at least in my estimation. But as he endears himself to a new audience, I think you know where I'm going with this one. A, a new generation of fans that maybe doesn't know Wayne Gretzky, the player. I wonder if they truly understand what kind of insight they're getting. I would probably try to equivocate this to Michael Jordan being on a panel, uh, Tiger Woods being on a panel, Tom Brady sitting down, giving his insight. I mean, realistically, there's probably three to four athletes that are currently playing or around that I would say, holy cow, this guy's giving insight. And what's funny about it is TNT in their post-game interviews will have Wayne Gretzky asking the player of the game questions so imagine being the guy right after a game, putting the headset on and looking into the camera, and then Wayne says, oh, hi, it's uh, Wayne Gretzky. Let me ask you about tonight's game. I mean, if Wayne Gretzky is interviewing you, that's got to be a surreal moment because I'm going to assure you this, everybody in the NHL still bows at the greatness of Wayne Gretzky, and uh, I just wonder if the viewers south of the border understand what a big get that is for TNT to bring in the greatest hockey player of all time onto their panel. Now, I'm not sure how long it's going to go for. I would assume he's getting a couple million dollars to do this. I love it. I'm not, I wasn't sure if I was going to love it because I'm almost protective of Wayne Gretzky, uh, but seeing how he's been able to adapt to this and just is a happy, easygoing guy, what a thrill. I mean, seeing him on a set with Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley as Charles and Shaq do their thing, and just watching him enjoying the moment was really cool. But yeah, I mean, he's a little soft. He could probably use a little more pep in his step as far as in front of the camera. Because one thing that I have learned is that the camera sucks energy out of you. If you're ever doing a speech or something in public and you're doing it in front of a camera, you've almost got to oversell it just so that when you're on camera, it comes across as normal. And Wayne's probably going to need a little more pepper in his pants to get it up to speed. But man, the insight is huge. And uh that is a really big get for Turner Sports. I hope people understand that. It's just nice to see that they're putting him in a light that is actually showing him to be kind of cool and hip and fun. Again, final time I'll say it, I hope the people know who that is that is talking to them. All right, let's wrap up this abbreviated edition of Sports Bar Radio, your Friday Express edition. My thanks to everybody behind the scenes, Jay Swing, producer extraordinaire. My thanks to everybody over at Equity Guru, the fine company that makes sure that this show can get to you Monday through Friday. My thanks to Chris Perry, Galen, and the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. Until you and I do this again on Monday, I am Rob Fay, And what a great week we had together, right? Can't wait to do this again on Monday. I am Rob Fay. Let me get through this properly. This has been Sports Bar Radio, as always, presented to you by Equity Guru. Have yourself a safe and fantastic weekend.